I like that. I saw James in the uh, in the background getting down there. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. It feels like I'm going live every day, and that's because I was just live yesterday. Uh, but that's a good thing for everybody in LinkedIn. So if you're out there, as always, get in the chat. Let us know who is out there. I'm really excited for today's episode. I want to give a quick shout out to MetaView, our new sponsor. If you guys checked out that episode from yesterday, I was on with the CEO and the founder, and we had a great discussion on AI and how it can impact interviewing. Uh, but today, we're going to try something a little bit different for the show. Usually, I'm having like one-on-one -on -one conversations, but as you can see, um, we've got multiple guests. So I'm really excited for like this first style of uh, kind of podcast live show. Uh, in this format and we are going to be discussing uh, everything employer branding like what is employer branding um, you know, how is it better than marketing how is it essential for recruitment uh, and everything in between so i'm really really excited for today's episode and as always guys if you've got questions get in the chat ask those questions leave those comments we'll be able to get to some of those um, but yeah, I'd love to just kind of welcome each of the guests. And if you can, what, what we're going to do is just a quick intro. I just want to know uh, what you do, who you do it for, and then how long you've been in employer branding for. Uh, and then we'll get into the conversation. So Alex, why don't we have you lead off and, uh, and then we'll go to James and then Callie, if that works. Sure, sure. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Alex, sir. I uh, head up Global Employer Branding at GoDaddy. Um, also co-founder of the EB space. So if you haven't joined that, it's a good time to join. And uh, I've been in the space guy, it feels like forever. I think it's been seven years. Let's go with that. Seven years. Love it. James, welcome. Howdy, howdy. Uh, James Ellis, I'm from Employer Brand Labs. That's, I mean, it's not a company, it's me. I mean, it's legally, it's a company. I've been doing employer brand for about 10 years. I've done it for everyone from Groupon and Roku or Cruzion Farm uh, Pharmaceutical. And I, I've, I've done it for a lot of stuff. I focus now in the emerging biotech startup space. So uh, if it's lean and mean, I want to help you kind of tell your story. Love it. Love it. Callie, welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm Callie O'Rourke. I oversee employer branding for Domino's Pizza. I've uh, been working within employer branding for about six years. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor, MetaView. MetaView is the AI assistant for interviewing. It completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result? You're safe from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates then making high quality decisions based on insight, not memory. Also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high-quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. Love it. Love it. Short and sweet there. Well, guys, I, I think a great place to get started would be and I know this is probably, I feel like we're even going to get different answers, like as I ask this to each of you. Um, 
but I've noticed too, like there's just so much confusion around, you know, employer branding, recruitment, marketing, um, marketing. Like it just seems like everything kind of gets lumped together. So I'm curious just to hear from you guys who are actually in the field every day. Like if you were to give what you do and employer branding, like a definition, um, you know, how would you, how would you kind of describe it and differentiate it from, let's just say traditional marketing and James, why don't we start with you on this one? I'll, I'll take the loudmouth slot. That's fine. So <laughs> the, the thing about employer branding is that it's a kind of marketing dedicated to getting candidates to understand why choose this company. Mm-hmm. Classic marketing is why choose this airline? Why choose this shoe? Why choose this particular brand of deodorant? I mean, it's, it's about making a choice. Employer branding is the same kind of marketing. It's just in a different focus. The thing that makes it really interesting for my money is that it's the only kind of marketing that focuses on quality over quantity. Every other kind of marketing, whether you're selling jets or shoes, if you sell more, if you get more eyeballs, if you get more impressions, if you get more leads, you're getting a promotion. Congratulations. You are employee of the month. If you get a million people to buy your particular taco or toothbrush, congratulations. You rock. You get a million people to apply for your jobs you need to look for a new job and then you should look for a different one, frankly, because you're not doing it right. So it's about finding great people and telling a story that says, this is why you should consider this company. I love that. Callie, what, what do you, what do you have uh, for us? Like same, different, what do you think? No, totally agree. It's like the ethos of the company, right? Um, this should be something where when a candidate is coming to a recruiter or a recruiter is going to a candidate, Hopefully the candidate already has some idea of what it's like to work there. And it, it's through so many touch points throughout the process. And it's, again, like James said, this isn't marketing a product. It's really marketing your career. So how does this company fit within your goals and, and your values? Yeah, I love that. Alex, I'm, I'm going to switch it up on you, okay? Because I, I, right. like, I feel like you like getting switched <laughs> up on. But uh what would you say like we kind of talk about like what employer branding is what about like what it isn't and like what are some of those common misconceptions that you just see out there that that kind of people lump employer branding in like yeah there's a lot i think everyone just um the obvious one is the the fluffy stuff on social maybe you know the graphics of people or uh selfies that are there like that's that's not it right that's a very small percentage um and it's also not consumer marketing i know that you know we and James talks about this quite a bit, you know, trying to get everybody together to like kind of work as one brand. And, but I, I see it's a bit of that, but people are kind of shifting back and forth, but it's not like, uh, I think everyone confuses it with, uh, like I, I made fun of Apple a while back, you know, Apple, they, they came up their employer branding campaign and just showed the icon, right? Like that's, that's not what it is. They have a lot of, you know, name recognition from their products, but not for their employer branding. It, it could be further from the truth, but, um, to, to me, that's definitely what it isn't. Yeah, no, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I see uh, interesting you say with like the kind of the fluffy marketing piece. I mean, what, what about like the um, what are they like the day in the life of content? I mean, it, what where, where does that fall into? Because I'm just curious to, to get your yeah. on that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely employer branding. I mean, we've had a lot of success recently with focusing on that versus come join us, we're hiring. That stuff is like uh, low CTRs, low <laughs> completion rates in terms of video views. But when we focus down, okay, hey, day in the life, hey, these are the benefits that I've been given from this. Uh, this is my you know, IVF journey, internal mobility. That stuff is golden because it's true. It's not, it's not marketing uh, BS that you're throwing at people. 
It, I, James, I'll, I'll ask you this. Like, do you think there's a correlation with like, I think of like user generated content and how like, can you know, with, I think a lot of brands are, are really leveraging that. Is it like a similar concept then you think with employer branding, like, or is employer branding like something that's like created centrally? I, I, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And here's the thing is that let's put a hundred people or a hundred thousand people in a business and you're saying, oh, we're all aligned. We're all connected. There's no way you can't get three people to agree on pizza toppings, let alone agree that this is why we're all here. And it doesn't matter if you're 10 people, hundred people, a thousand people, it's hard. So centralizing a brand and saying, we are this is a mistake a lot of companies make, especially I see it more commonly in founder-led companies where they feel like the company is their baby and they can dictate what it's about. And the truth is that's not how it works. The people you're attracting, they're attracted to something specific, but the people in the role are the ones who are defining what that looks like, what that feels like. And that's where day in life videos and that kind of content can be useful in illustrating these ideas. But the fact that you made a day in the life video is in no way inherently valuable. What are you saying with it? What are you trying to show with it? Are you showing that you're an incredibly supportive environment that people care about each other and they want to help each other succeed? Great. Then that's your brand. And that's what the story you're going to tell. You're going to talk about how, because you work here, you are pushed and, and, and challenged and tested great. Tell that story about the day in the life. So it's not so much about what's the topic of the story. It's the story itself. What do you want to convey to make people go, oh, that's really interesting. And to get back to user-generated content before I let other people talk, the challenge in recruiting is that, and I love recruiters, so I apologize. I'm about to step on all y'all's toes, is that okay. there's no credibility. There is zero credibility. The mm. same, when, you, when a recruiter shows up and says, I, I, this is an amazing place to work, I take zero faith in the information that. It's useless information. You know why? Because right now, more than 5,000 companies are paying fantastic places to work place. And we know who I'm talking about, but I'm not using their name, so I'm not going to get in trouble. But <laughs> 5,000 different companies in the U.S., pay them to get that little badge on the website. They're all sound the same. So it's what they're lacking is credibility and showing this is what people think and this is how people talk and this is what they're really saying. That goes a long way. Yeah, that's uh, it's huge. Um, Callie, I, I'm curious, like you, you obviously have been in employer branding for a, a while. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you think employ, you know, people in employer branding face um, and I'd love to go to Alex as well with that one. Yeah. So I, I look at all things from a recruiter lens. So I've been in recruiting and even in my role now, I'm a hybrid position. So I do have a desk and then I also oversee employer branding. So one of the biggest challenges is you're really a jack of all trades. I mean, you have people that come up through a marketing path into this career. You have people that come up through a recruiting path. It's so diverse. And then you need to know the personas. And if you come from a recruiter background, it's like, well, what the heck is a persona? It's a candidate. But it's a, it's a person. What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um, but then, you know, what markets do we need to be targeting? And mm. what's our messaging? And really digging into those questions of why would someone want to work for our company versus another company in this exact same role? Take compensation, take benefits out of it. So how do you get that messaging out there, but also how are you getting that buy-in with the company? And then to add the recruiter spin on it even more, um, you know, like a lot of our peers and colleagues and former colleagues experienced earlier this year, how do you find a job in this space? Because it is so niche. 
And it is such a broad range of skill sets that you really need to carry, whether it's graphic design and copywriting and the marketing know-how and getting buy-in from so many different facets of the company. It's a lot. Yeah. Look, I, I think uh, it's just seemed like, I mean, I feel, I feel like out of all of like the HR, you know, components, like obviously recruiters have really seen a tough time. DE and I, I mean, that has, that space has seems to be totally rocked over the last uh, six months to a year and in employer branding as well. Like it does seem like there's been a lot of practitioners who, um, you know, are just struggling, have either been laid off or like struggling to find something new. Um, so yeah, I totally kind of hear what you're saying there. Alex, what, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Like in your experience, like what are some of those challenges that you've seen, um, you know, yourself and, and maybe colleagues or past colleagues face in, you know, in being in the employer branding space? Oh, might just be on mute. Sorry about that. Nope. I was on right. mute. Yeah. The quote of the pandemic, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, uh, to me, like, you know, the, I guess the biggest challenges we've had as a, as a, uh, as a field industry is that um, we we're always made redundant. That happens all the time. And I think the biggest problem there is that we, we work too much in silos. And so we were brought in as silos, right? We're always brought in as like the, the dirty little secret because there's someone in TR, HR, internal comms and marketing who's like, okay, we know we need that person. All right. Now that you bring them in, like, what are you going to do with them? How are you going to help them succeed? And then if they don't help you out, what are you doing to help yourself out too? Because then it's okay. It's the, you know, we talked about like what it, what it is not in terms of employer branding becomes a lot of what it's not. And that's all leadership sees versus, okay, what do you actually do and provide value? And I think that um, making the best efforts to try to commercialize what we do, right? How do we impact the bottom line? Because if you want to have a, a nice data-driven conversation with leadership, one, you got to understand your shift, right? You got to get your data down, know what, it should, know what it's doing, what it's not doing, how's it impacting the company, and then take that to them. That matters a lot. And not just, you know, and doing MBRs, QBRs, God knows, whatever you need to do, like get your stuff in front of them. And that's what, that's the biggest challenge. That's what I'm, we're, you know, we're not doing that stuff. And then, you know, afterwards we're complaining, hey, like we're losing functions, we're losing our roles, but there's a lot of uh, the, uh, the onus has to come back to us to fix that. At least but what I want to do is, you know, uh, we've talked about this, a lot of us in the space is that make that conversation harder for them. If they're going to make those hard decisions, like, no, nothing's it's not a silver bullet okay if we do that we won't get let go but what are we going to do to make that decision extremely difficult for them when it happens yeah i was oh, sorry james you you got something to say here yeah. yeah i mean the challenge of course is that there's a million ways to employ your brand Kelly was kind of you know suggesting that but you can do it a million different ways which means really hard for management to go oh i know what box to put that in i get that the irony is is as we do our job we're promoting and representing every aspect of the company the data team the sales team the the, lead, the lawyers for goodness sake who are actually people i'm told you've got every aspect of the company <laughs> you're, you're trying to pr present and so you have to be able to be connected to all those people so success in employer brand very often hinges on your ability to build relationships way outside of ta ta is your first client but you you succeed and, and serve them by building relationships across the business what I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the, uh, and I can just open this up to anyone, but what, what are some of like the KPIs, right? Cause I just think of like, okay, recruiting time to fill, 
how many candidates do you have the pipeline? Like, I feel like recruiting is a pretty straightforward one. Like sales is obviously a, a pretty straightforward one. And Alex, you might've been alluding to this, but what are some of those like common KPIs and like who, do, who generally is driving what those KPIs are? Is it like self-driven by the department or like who's driving that? Yeah, that's a, that's a toughie because I think it depends which department you're in, right? Because if you're near marketing, I think that's a different conversation. Uh, I found myself in TA, you know, ever since I've been in the space and it's, you know, it's definitely the, uh, when, when you first start your, your, you know, the employer brand shop, you, you want the applicants, you want the impressions, clicks, that's like an information you give over to leadership. But then when it starts growing, then it's okay. The quality of the candidates, the quality of source. Okay. And quality by, okay. Not just getting to the, you know, the initial, uh, recruiting coordinator call and that you get denied. Like, okay, is LinkedIn actually getting this person over to step three? And then eventually step forward to get hired. Uh, that there, and then also what I've been looking at quite a bit is, okay, is organic traffic really coming through? Like diving in hardcore to the Google Analytics and saying, okay, when they're coming through, are they are they repeat customers? Are they going to different pages? Is the work that you know we're doing uh, so social like impressions, all clicks, and all that good stuff? Is it driving them back to exactly where I want them to be? So there's it, there's a lot of me, and I wish I could give you like a clear cut answer. I mean, I'll, I'll pass the virtual mic over to uh, to James and Callie, but I think it it really varies, and that's that's the difficult part about that too. Callie, it is then. <laughs> it's all so, on you, Callie. Yeah, and it's it is so ambiguous, right? And I think you know some of what we've talked about, you know, all of us individually as well as you know the tools and the expectation of okay, well, are these candidates coming to us through these efforts? And there's really no way to know some of those candidate journeys. You know, are they seeing some of our you know content out there and then later clicking you know on the our website later on so we can't track any of that but historically yeah i've i've always sat within ta as well and we've looked at application volume time to fill when we're really focusing on some campaigns how how have those numbers been impacted and have they supported it but i know james a lot of your of what you share too it can be tricky when you focus on like those campaigns and those recruitment marketing efforts because the minute you turn those off then your numbers are very different. And then also, okay, cool, you've gotten a ton of candidates, but are they actually the candidates we want? So are we attracting the right people or are we just pushing out and spending money to get in front of people? And is it the right use of spend and time? Yeah, I mean, I would add on that if you bring in an employer brander, you have a problem you're trying to solve. So your first metric is, did they solve that problem? There's no kind of, base palette of, of numbers that everybody tracks. Like sales numbers are sales numbers wherever you go. It's leads, and you know, marketing qualified leads, all that good stuff. It, it, they're, they're basic standard stuff you find in Salesforce, right? For us, we can solve a million different problems. So what is the problem we're trying to solve? At the same time, and I, you know, I, I've said this before, is that there's only five things that businesses care about. Making money, saving money, extending the brand or getting new customers, not getting sued, stroking a, you know, uh, an exec's ego, that's all that matters. So if you can tie what you're doing to one of those four or most, more than one of those five things, that's a place of, of control and even some power to say I'm inf you know, influencing these things. For me, this is where recruiting has challenges because they always talk about their work in terms of time to fill, numbers of candidates, numbers of applicants, and none of those things directly tie to those five things. There are ways of connecting those dots to give recruiters a better sense of, of telling the story of how important, powerful, and valuable they are to the company, and employer brand should be learning that lesson right along with them. 
Man, that's a lot. That's a lot there. I mean, what I'm what I'm coming away with is number one, it's extremely challenging to put metrics on something that's not necessarily even defined universally as to what it is. And then number two, uh, it just sounds like it's almost like you have to you have to kind of work with the recruitment team and the marketing team at, at the same time as well. So you've got mo- kind of like multiple stakeholders. Um, what, what advice would you have for, and this, I know this isn't a question which I even asked previously, but I'm curious, like if someone was looking to get into employer branding um, and let's say they're a recruiter, cause I'm sure there's a lot of recruiters that have like thought about getting in. And I know Callie, you're going to probably have like some really good hands-on advice here, but what are maybe some of the things that, like a recruiter would should think about as to whether or not they would actually be a good fit for employer branding. Um, and then just in general, like what, what are some of the things that you think make people successful in the space or just things they should be thinking about as to whether or not they would be a good fit. And why don't we start with uh, well, Callie, we'll start with you because I know you made that, that specific transition. Yeah. And so my career started off, I was in journalism. So I, in a former life, I was a TV reporter, and then I fell into recruitment, as most people fall into recruitment. And I had <laughs> some, yes, <laughs> I had some really great supervisors within my career that recognized my passion for communications, um, you know, entrepreneurship. So they leaned into that, and they understood that I was researching on my own already about SEO and things along those lines. So they leveraged that and moved me into like these, whether my title was like program manager or employer brand, or they gave me those opportunities, which I'm super thankful for, but it's really learning the marketing speak. And again, building those relationships with marketing. And in in this day and age, you know, you have the digital marketing and you have to learn about impressions and what platforms you should be leveraging. But the recruiter brain is excellent in this space because you know, those candidate behaviors especially if you are in a recruiter function, you are those boots on the ground. You're hearing from the candidates firsthand. Where are they finding out about these opportunities? Why are they interested in the company? So you have that employer brand already. It's just, you know, the brand that's out there is that aligning to what your goals are at the company. Um, And you can share that with your branding team. You can share that with the marketing team. But for me, the transition was excellent because I understood that the job ad is your first impression to a lot of candidates and the importance of having a strong job ad out there that aligns to your brand and your employer brand. And that's, you know, working with the marketing team and your communications team, however the company is set up. Um, but it's a lot of writing, right? It's a lot of content creation. But my former life as a journalist, right, I enjoy learning about employee stories, getting those stories out there and, and learning more about that. So For me, it was the marketing knowledge that I always joke that I'm a marketer, I'm a recruiter in marketing clothing because I've learned how to talk the talk, but I see everything from that recruiter lens, but there's still a lot for me to learn. I love that. Alex, what are are your thoughts on this? I just, I I guess the the question wasn't that clear either. So I guess the question would be like, (laughs) what are the things you like should think about if you're looking to transition into employer branding and uh, you know, like what are some of those skill sets you think people should should have? I think you got to be crazy. That's uh, a <laughs> thing because you're going to be doing a lot on your own. But um, I think you have to be the ultimate teammate, uh, ultimate ambassador, the ultimate project manager, because uh, I think Callie alluded to this earlier. You're, you got to be a jack of all trades, right? You're not coming in with help and you're already coming in where it's 
you're coming up, people are already doubting you, right? So it's your job to win them over. And then what are you going to do with that? So if you're going to do all that together, it's like, okay, well, foundational skills, I think it's key. I, it can, one can be taught employer branding, right? You can teach, you're going to teach you what to do with that, but then can you write, can you record anything on a mobile device, you know, using Canva, can you do a little bit of a design? Uh, then in turn, can you relate that to, okay, hey, like, how do we then take what's created organically and then, you know, put that out there, which is recruitment marketing on a paid level. And then, you know, uh, galvanize individuals to join you because if you're, uh, if you're doing all those things, but it's on your own, it, you're dead in the water. I mean, you'll probably be, I would say probably in and out in six months if that's the case, but there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta be willing to do, do the hard work and be crazy. What do you think is harder, recruiting or an employer branding? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> oh, turf battle there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I feel like both would be actually incredibly challenging for way different reasons. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious from your your point of view. Like obviously you're like you see it. You just kind of see things differently in terms of like you're working with lots of different companies. You're kind of selling like the value of employer branding. What what are some of those things that you kind of the objections that you come across like regularly and like what are the things that you're constantly like having to like almost like fight for um like in your role like, kind of working independently with companies yeah the biggest challenge is that the uh, the ta leader i'm talking to or whoever the, head, the marketing person i'm talking to they had this friend in this other company who bought employer brand for eighty thousand dollars and now it's just a slide in a deck and it's worthless it's a scam it's stupid you're you're full of crap like that is kind of the biggest objection is that people have this preconceived notion of what they think employer brand is or what it's supposed to solve or how it's supposed to help. And I blame Harvard Business Review for this quite a bit. They have been one of the worst at kind of establishing employer brand as this weird straw man in recruiting. And it's, it's just crazy. But I think once you kind of pull them away from, look, if we can – and this is – I'm not going to say it's a secret or a trick because I don't know that it works, but it's what I'm trying now. I try to talk about employer branding without ever using the phrase employer branding. And so often, if you can kind of pull away the stigma of that idea and talk about, look, what we're trying to do is create a differentiated value for why people should choose you over a million other companies. Suddenly the conversation opens up where if I say you should get some employer branding, it sounds like I'm selling a magic beans or something, right? And I get that. And I don't want to sell them any magic beans. I want to sell them results. I want to sell, sell them change. I want to sell them better recruiting and e slightly easy. I'm never going to say recruiting is easy. Never. You will never yeah, hear me not say that. So, so you'll get, slightly you'll get kicked right off. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how, how do you make it more effective and efficient and more useful? Uh, that's really where it lives. And that's a better conversation to have than say, do you want to employ your brand? I suppose having, I'm not knowing for sure, but I have a good suspicion that a lot of TA leaders have tried to pitch their bosses, hey, we need some employer brand help. And that's the point at which the conversation kind of falls apart because it's not well-defined. It's not crystal clear what the value is. It's not crystal clear what kind of changes because again, employer, you can employ your brand a million ways. So what exactly are you expecting? That's where a lot of challenges happen. I think you said it perfectly as well when, you, when you're saying like, what are the things, you know, what are the things that companies value, right? It's like, I mean, I, I would, the only one I would add in there is like the saving time, right? It's like, are they going to make money, save money, save time? And to do that, you've just got to, you, it's like that, like what Alex said before, it's like you have to provide data. And I already actually think it's extremely challenging for TA as just a function to do that, which is why I see a lot of TA people getting laid off because it just haven't, it's hard to, it's hard to show the value of what you bring to a team when there's no hiring needs. 
And so if your value is all about filling seats, it's just, it's hard to, you know, establish the value that you have when you're not looking to fill seats. Right. Uh, so I think that's like TA as a whole, but for employer branding, it's that same thing, right? Like how do you, how do you show that value? Um, here's a, here's a question we got from Tina and I know I'm not actually, the wording of this question is a little bit weird. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of make it my own. Um, the easy apply button. Is that, does that hurt employer branding efforts? Is that helped? And like, is has technology like i think a lot of these ai tools that are out right now like helping people write resumes or like ai to help recruiters write job descriptions is ai and like the ease that people have for applying for jobs and and this whole effort to make it easy to apply for jobs does that help or hurt employer brand in your guys's opinion callie why don't we start with you on this one oh gosh um i think it also depends on like the types of roles right mm. i mean it, for me, and you know, as a recruiter, it's more so the importance of where are you posting, and you know, just what messaging do you have out there for that population? I mean, do you have some content like embedded in your job ad so they can get a better understanding of the position? As a candidate, I mean, it wasn't too long ago I was looking for a job myself, right? And yes, there there needs to be this balance of an ease of application, not having to recreate all these profiles and re-enter in your resume. Um, but I think the content of how you're getting out there and what's attracting someone to want to apply, hopefully that's aligning with the type of candidate that you're hoping to attract. That's where that employer branding piece really comes in, rather than just putting this blanket job ad out there that who knows maybe chat gpt created for you chat gpt does not know you know the values that you're trying to speak to it doesn't understand how this role may be different than another similar role that's posted within the company because there's going to be two separate projects you know different measurables like different impacts that this role is going to have on the company and are you is that what you're putting out there and is that attracting the right people yeah, well said. Alex, what are your thoughts on this? Easy apply, helping, hurting? Um, I mean, I think we're in the business of enhancing, you know, uh, we work hand in hand with the candidate experience, right? So it provides a better candidate experience. Now, a uh, bit of a caveat there, because like what would, it, when you get down to the whole data point, you know, your data points like LinkedIn, like we don't, some companies want to have you go to their site, right? Because you don't want the data to stay on LinkedIn versus indeed you'll take that because it's a quicker option for that set of candidates but um to me it goes down to you know cali touched on this it's really like outside of the blanket as with the easy applies like what it's seo like what are your job titles like your job titles crap right it doesn't matter if the easy applies there you've already you know misread the room in terms of who you're actually trying to target for that position then your job description any seo that goes into that i think that matters it's not so much the easy apply um but uh, those are my thoughts yeah i mean if you're not creating desire to work there i don't care how easy the button is but if you create right. desire to work there don't have a button at all people find a way to apply it's about creating desire that's what we're supposed to be doing and i think you create desire by finding a way to create the match between the company the role and the person when you do that you're no longer trolling the seafloor for every application and resume you can find you're not desperately pounding every job 
board and you know every ad everywhere it's about saying look there's a right person and Kelly I'm going to push back a little bit on the personas thing and I get where you're coming from and I given your industry and what you're hiring for personas make sense but ultimately most companies don't hire personas they hire people so who is the person you want to hire not the shape of the person or the style of it, who is the person you want to hire, the more specific you can get with that, the more you can talk about your company and role in a way that makes them excited, at which point easy apply, chat GPT are, are immaterial to the conversation. If and, I, and I'll put it this way. If you had someone who couldn't even deign to write a resume, would you actually want to hire them? Are they worth, if they don't even want to bother typing in their name or uploading a resume, if you make it so easy that they do no work whatsoever, they're gonna bump and jump as soon as they can. They're not worth your time. Just because you made it easy means it's easy for them to leave. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's like what you guys said before, where it's like the major, metric should be like the quality of candidates right and so i don't i don't necessarily think that the the only thing the only thing that easy apply has done in my mind is is just made it easier for people to apply for jobs that they don't even really care about to be honest with you because just like there's no barrier of entry right and so but i think it's appealing because if you if you're a recruiter or recruiting leader it's it's great to go to the ceo and say hey look we had 700 people apply we're doing a great job uh, and it's just a big number, but it's the quality, right? That, that's kind of what matters the most. It's a panic move. When you've got nobody applying and no one you're worth hiring, the answer is get more people, right? That's just the the fear instinct, and that's the fastest way to get people. I get it. I'm not telling anybody they're dumb or wrong or for doing it, but it's a fear-based response instead of a strategic response. Yeah. No, I love that. What What about uh, – let's kind of transition this because I know we got about uh, three to five minutes left here. I'm curious, like – What's the future for employer branding? Like, what are you guys exciting about? Like, obviously, like right now, it's just a tough time in general, I think, for the people space. I mean, it is. It's just a, a tough time for everybody. So, uh, but I guess like looking towards the future, like are there like AI tools or like, and obviously AI is a hot topic, but are there like different tools that you're seeing come out that you're like excited about? Um, and just kind of general thoughts on like where like employer branding as that function within the business is going. Why don't we... Uh, Alex, why don't we start with you on that one? Yeah, um, I, I think we're headed in a good direction. I, I do sincerely mean this. I mean, we, we've gone from being more of a, I would say like a household name, if you want to call that, uh, you know, the early, early days of pandemic, like it, I think we, we transitioned from being a bad to a household name. Um, and then, although we did see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of friends and contacts impacted, um, by you know job losses uh, six seven months ago, they're not killing the function. So that tells me something different right now. If you're killing the function and you're starting over, you know again at 23, 24, that's a, a huge step back. But you know we have functions that are still in place. There's you know certain decisions have to be made. But um, outside of that, you know AI, I think we all have different opinions on that. I think there's it's good to an extent, uh, just like with every other field. It's getting a better understanding like what we can get out of that and how we can you know, use that, but also remain relevant because the fear is AI is going to take us out of our jobs and someone's going to do that on their own, but I don't think it's going that direction. Yeah. Look, I, I would say go check out that live show I did yesterday with uh, Sile over at MetaView because he's more coming from like the interview perspective. Uh, but yeah, I think he also just mentioned about like how it's like with recruiting and employer branding, the same thing, right? It's like you're human. You're trying to reach human. And so you got to exactly. know motivations, you got to know people. And 
even just how to read and like what matters, what's trending with people, like what's trending in culture. I think that's kind of hard for it. It's going to be a challenge for AI to pick up on well. Very true. So, Callie, what, what are your thoughts? Well, what we've seen recently is I think a lot more accessibility to information, right? A lot of this wasn't around. There's now books on employer branding and podcasts about employer branding, James. Um, you know, so there's a lot more events too. Events. Yes, events, exactly. So there's a lot more out there to learn more about this space and to help educate leadership within companies of why this function is important. So I'm excited to see a lot more of that getting developed, um, conferences and just other ways to share knowledge and network with other professionals because it's such a niche space, right? So more tools that come out. I mean, we've seen like there's the video tools to try to get more of those videos of your employees. There's other things along those lines, but I think we've all identified the opportunity for better metric gathering and how to prove and have that data available to, to share with leadership as well. Yeah. I love that. Again, another shout out to a company called job pixel. If you guys check out that episode, they do like video, uh, it's kind of like selfie videos, right? Like the get ready with me videos, uh, that kind of style videos, which is just really, really popular and day in the life videos, I guess would fall into that. Uh, but they've been using it for high volume, uh, a lot of high volume roles and found it really, really effective, which I think is really, really cool because those are challenging roles to fill. So James, your thoughts on this, since you're one of the book writers, come on. Look, I, I am the first one to say uh, ChatGPT and AI is crazy. It's dumb. It does, you know, it's When it says the, the cat is black, it doesn't know what black is. It doesn't know what a cat is. It doesn't know what is is. Its concept of existence is rough at best. It's just doing pattern matching. That said, I have played with a lot of interesting tools. So I've played with everything from Opus Clip, which allows me to say, here is a YouTube That's video. It's a good clip. It's a good one. Here's a 20-minute YouTube video. Find 20 <laughs> snippets of a certain length about these topics that I could just throw on, on TikTok. So if I want to extend my reach, it's an incredible time saver. I've played with a tool that says, okay, if I pull down uh, employee engagement surveys, which is something we all should have access to on some level, but it's also a metric ton of like, oh God, who wants to read this all day? If you ask it to review each one, it can actually summarize each response, categorize them and give you a sense in the aggregate what is generally being talked to talked about pro and con the same way that you know glassdoor says here are the three things people like and three things this is insanely deeper and it's your own data there's so many tools out there that lets you kind of be better at what you do at extracting interesting insights at producing content a little faster is it ever going to help us create insights I don't see that anytime soon because that's really hard. That is the human thing to do. And that is where we have real value. It's not so much that we can make a video of a day in the life. It's that we know that this is when it's time to make a day in the life video. This is who we should engage with. This is the prompts we bring to them that extract the information we know that can we're trying to attract are going to eat up with a spoon. So there's so many tools out there. And, and for me, I recommend um, Superhuman Newsletter. Like every day, five new tools. And I'm like, dang. Well, dang, every who day. writes that? Who who writes that newsletter? Oh, you're gonna ask me. Let me. I'm talking and checking my email at the same time. I'm typing "superhuman" into the. Thing. I'll have to. I'll have to check that. Honestly, I feel like a lot of the AI newsletters are just written by AI, and I just no. Check, this check one's really out, good. It's but, written okay. by Zane Z A Z A I N Khan K A K H N. 
Superhuman. It's a great newsletter. It's free and it's got news, but really to me, it's like, here are five things you didn't know AI could do and someone's selling a tool that does them right now. And that to me is just opening up the doors for me about, oh, that's an interesting opportunity for me to play and talk about that or build around that. And that's really where it can really help us do a lot of work. Yeah, I love it. Big shout out to Opus Clips as well, because that's what I do with this live show. I just put it in there and start using it because I don't want to pay for a video editor and I don't have to. It's like $10, I think $10 for every hour you plug in there, which is amazing. Um, we did have, actually have a good question here, which I, I know we're kind of running out of time here. So Alex, I'm just going to have you tackle this one uh, if you can, uh, or just give advice because you kind of talked about it before, but hiring freeze at the company, advice on just how an employer brand specialist can prove that they're still needed at the company. Yeah, that's a lot you can still do. I think uh, getting uh, getting out of your own way in terms of like just looking at hires, butts and seats, uh, retention. Uh, you can still do uh, you know employee advocacy programs. Uh, you could also you know what build an employer brand toolkit, help the people who are there actually still you know go out there and be the best ambassadors possible. Uh, there's there, there's a lot you can do, and also just with the overall traffic that's still coming to your page, like show that you're still driving people there, right? Regardless of any uh, you know, if you've gone from 200 positions down to five, down to six, you can still show what you're doing there. I, I, I think you've uh, you have a, a you know plethora of uh, of options available if you just you know go back and look at those things. But those are just a few to name. No, I love that. I love that. Well, guys, I I feel like I wanted to actually get into like how employer branding can uh, like help not help recruiting because we did talk about that, but like almost like how recruiters could start to think with more of like a marketing mindset. Cause that's, you know, it's kind of something which I am uh, somewhat passionate about, but just like how like recruiters can like ally with employer branding professionals, you know, if that makes sense, but we don't have time. So that might mean we need to do uh, another episode down the line. I know, look at that. I'm like really good at these sequel things, but uh, I have, uh, I've loved just kind of hearing like different insights from all of you. And I think, you know, when it, when it comes to just employer branding, obviously there's a lot of room, I think, for just like more kind of definition, like metrics. And, you know, I think if there's leaders out there, either in TA or just executives to be thinking about like, okay, obviously we all know that employer brand and marketing, you know, for, to help with recruitment is huge. I mean, it's a massive thing, it's obviously not going away. And especially from a digital side of things, like digital is not going away. Uh, so you got to have a strategy and have a plan. So I'm going to be leading people to this episode a lot. Uh, so Alex, Callie, James, thank you so much for your time. Um, is there, why don't you just, why don't we just end with like, if there's places that people can reach out to you or like resources that you have that you want to draw people to, um, let me know. And then I can put those in the chat. So James, what about you? Best place for, for people to reach out and then like, what resources you know do you have and then i can put those in the chat as well for people yeah i'm a total loudmouth as you may have figured out i talk about this write about this and build a lot of content around this to help other people so if you subscribe to my newsletter it's three times a week at the moment it's employerbrandheadlines.com it's free i don't spam too hard you know it's a newsletter you do what you do it but it's lots of links a lot of thinking to try and help get you you know a little smarter a little sharper on how to think about employer branding and then from there you know you know sky's the limit Love it. Callie, how about you? Best place for people to reach you? Resources? 
Yeah, so find me on LinkedIn. And then as far as resources, I leverage uh, James's content that he puts out there. And then oh, Alex, yeah. I believe you also have a community that you've started as well, right? That's correct. Yeah, it's actually a good spot. There's the EB space on Discord. So uh, if you don't like the, uh, you know, the, the Facebook and LinkedIn, you can go there. Uh, also, you can find me on find me on LinkedIn or um, I'm more than happy and I sincerely say this. If you want to jump on, you know, and uh, chat about EV or whatever, whatever your struggles may be, I openly share my Calendly, and I'm happy to have a quick 30 minute conversation to help you out. Love that. Well, guys, I'll have you. Uh, what I'll do is, you know, we got that email going. I'll have you drop those resources in there, so so I can make sure I've got everything right, and then I'll put those into the chat. But guys, definitely, if you're interested in employer branding, you want to learn. I highly advise going and following, sending those connection requests to everybody on the show. Uh, lots of great resources, lots of knowledge, uh, and particularly like if you're looking to get into employer branding or if you're just looking to uh, ally up with people, right? Because it just gets lonely. I'm sure I'm not in the space. I'm in like a weird other thing that I do. Uh, but I know like just the loneliness in general when you're trying to convince people who are really about outbound all the time, you're trying to convince them in the value of like brand and marketing. It is an uphill struggle. You don't want to go by yourself. So uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, for doing this. We'll have to do it again. And uh, and thank you for everybody for commenting as well. We had some great comments here. And if you're listening to this show afterward as well, you can just go find all these resources on my LinkedIn page. I'll have all those links, and you'll be able to find the live show pretty easily as well. So thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. You guys have a good Wednesday. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right, I'm going to end this.